Hello, audience. You're listening to the Breadcrumbs to Passion podcast, where we give you the breadcrumbs to your passion by inspiring you with deeper and connected conversations for you to have fun and live wholeheartedly. Hi, I'm Amanda Giebel. And I'm Jason French, your host of the Breadcrumbs to Passion podcast. Toxic bonds. A very powerful subject for a lot of people today. Uh, as we were discussing, there was a, a lot of people don't realize that they're actually in toxic bonds because they think it's normal. Yeah, well, that's what happens is that we, we have these patterns from childhood. And as we grow older, they show up in adulthood. But it's because we've already been doing that all our lives. What's, what's the difference? You know? Absolutely. We don't, we don't recognize that. As when, when, when do you think that we can identify that to, or when do you think that people are susceptible to toxic bonds when they some kind of pain some kind of abusive situation codependency and i guess these patterns play out in our life so when we're ready to acknowledge and to see the patterns well then we can work through these toxic bonds but like we were just saying, if we if we don't know anything different, they're going to play out in life until we get that inner knowing like, okay, why? Why does this keep happening to me over and over and over and over? <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, like you said, we you can literally be, be oblivious to a toxic bond relationship. I know uh, for myself, there was several over, over years where I was in that oblivious state thinking, I think you shared before, like thinking that um, everything's We've, we've got this um, amazing, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's friendships, relationships, whatever it is involved in. It's like when you're in that place of feeling vulnerable uh, about something uh, about yourself, then there's a high chance that you will be susceptible to a toxic bond. And that's not to say that you can't be vulnerable. It's more the fact of having conscious awareness around it because uh, the toxic bond comes in, and I, I know this for myself, especially uh, whenever I fell for a toxic bond is when I was in my most vulnerable, where I felt that abandonment or I felt that uh, place of um, something needed to shift or change. You know, when I look back on different scenarios as well, another one is the Imago match. So when it comes to the, yeah, when it comes to the relationship, uh, I think this is a really good one too. We can we can literally, a toxic bond can be the dysfunctional parent or it could be a dysfunctional authoritarian figure that we were craving love from that we attract and they match that that bond uh, for yes. us to keep that plugged in. So that's another one. And the third one I saw, I saw is when we're in denial is <laughs> a high chance is when we get toxic bonds happening. Yeah, uh, or having a conversation and you're justifying someone else's actions when everyone else can see through it and like, are you not getting this? <laughs> like, how are you not connecting the dots? But again, it's we're so used to these patterns. We're so used to being held in a place where, well, do we really need to take responsibility of, of these actions? And not until something massive comes up where it's like life-changing or you get to the point where you've had enough that you are actually aware of it. Yeah. And, and like the one that I was seeing was around the avoidant. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, in myself and in others, obviously, is that place of what was I actually avoiding? And I've had this called out on me several times of avoiding relationships. But what I actually identified in it is it wasn't necessarily me avoiding the relationship. It was more uh, the fact that 
the person that was um, the opposite was actually a trauma bond because that was me. I was always giving love, but I never got it back. So it was, that was a trauma bond for me. It was perfect because it was like, well, that's how I know how to do love is when they don't want you. Like you're really <laughs> rejected. And it's like you have to overcompensate and you have to keep on giving and giving and giving. It's like, nah, I'm done with that one. So- um, I, I've done that many times myself as well. And I think that's part of the pattern. And especially if you are empathetic like us, we actually like to help people. So we're like, well, this guy's struggling or this girl's struggling. Yeah. How can I help? What can I do? Yeah, I must okay. step in. <laughs> So that becomes the rescuer and the saviour and all those scenarios. Now, there's a difference between a rescuer and a saviour in those particular areas because what I think that a lot of people find is that um, their saviours are very crafty in the way that they do it. The rescuer, it's just like they think they're actually going to save your life. But the saviour has an actual underlying message, very covert and it's needing to be um, uplifted all the time. So without those people lifting them up, they're nothing. Uh, with a rescuer, they're actually, um, they're okay with or without you as such to a point they just get the hero's badge of a rescuer. <laughs> they feel like they've saved the world as in a way, but not as in needing to be uplifted for that. So yeah. there is a slight difference between the two of them, which is um, the one I was wanting to talk about is why, um, yeah, why are we so addictive to toxic bonds? <laughs> because again, it's that it's that pattern of behavior. It's it's what we know. And we're creatures of habit, and that's what we're going to do until something comes up. And so this can be like, you know, we're we're saying a lot about relationships, but friends, family, co-workers, it can happen anywhere because mm. if it's if that's how we receive love or that's what we <laughs> have known for our lives well then we source out those people that are going to give us exactly that because it's comfortable it's known (laughs) that's right (laughs) that's right i think it's an unconscious um patterning that actually happens is what i see is when it happens is like a lot of us can be unconscious to we just go oh that like Joe Brown, he's just like familiar in the street. I know him. I just, it's like I've met him before. Yeah, you've met him before because it could be a toxic bond of previous that you still haven't learned your lesson from. So it's like, oh, that person, that, oh, that's that, da, da, da. They're so like this, that, and the other. That's, you could be projecting onto them to feed a toxic bond within you. May not necessarily be them that has the toxic toxicity. It may be actually you filling that void in you. So the projection side of things is another big, big aspect of that yeah i just always like to say we attract where we're at in life yeah that's great so bottom bottom line you know like if we're going to work on ourselves these things are going to come up and we're going to see the light in these situations but um i know for myself in a relationship sense there was that fact of you know, the roller coaster, I used to call it like the ups and downs. So the extreme high, lots of love, lots of affection. And then the, you know, abuse, neglect, abandonment, um, pain. And so you always are going to this place where, well, I know it can be that. I know it can be that. And so you get there and then come crashing back down. And you're like, I know it can be better. And so you're always waiting in that hope that it will go to that level but Mm. it never does it's never going to get there because that's the cycle and again 
to, to break that cycle in that particular relationship is such a hard thing to do. Like it takes two people really working on themselves to understand what's going on mm. and to break that cycle. Otherwise it's better to leave, honestly, because yeah. it's not gonna, it's not gonna change. No, not if one person's only um, growing and the other one doesn't want to grow, it's, it's not healthy. That's a toxic bond on its own. Yeah, exactly. Like, why do we, why do we, yeah, and why do, we, why do we stay there? In the hope that it's going to get better or what, are, what else have we written down here? Like craving the drama, feel like you can't be left alone, walking on eggshells, like all this stuff that makes you feel like, oh, they fulfill my needs. Talking to someone else and they say like, what's going on here? They can see that it's a negative cycle, but you try and hide the fact. Like you're telling yourself a different story. Oh, no, no, no. We have great times. I know mm. that I've done that a lot. You know, oh, no, no, no. Things are all good. Justification is a big one. Mm. Yeah. If you have to justify someone's behavior, you're in a toxic bond. Yeah. Especially if you're justifying it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that toxicity feeding that toxicity. Yeah. You know? I think that the other thing there is like we were saying before is um, how do you know also can be around like your own unhealed wounds within yourself. There's a high chance that, like I say, you can be projecting uh, and therefore you will attract, like you said before, you'll attract that because you're projecting, I want to be punished again. I know, I know what that's like. And so you stay in that misery. So you could be like addicted to that misery as such as well. There's a lot of people, you know, some of those clients that I've worked with in this particular area, doesn't matter how much they uh, like you invested in them to be able to support them to break the cycle. They were so determined to stay addicted to the misery of that pattern because they knew it. They knew yeah, how yeah. to survive in that dysfunctionality. So it's like you change that. It's like you, you're taking like cocaine away from an addict. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? They know that. That's exactly what it, that's exactly what it's is for them. So yeah. and uh, the keeping other... them stuck. Like that's that's no movement. That's not that's not even entertaining the fact that there is a better way because they, it's like the the box around the mind is it's very well they're the one for me yeah no, <laughs> yeah. no ownership is the other other part of that there's no ownership on your behalf of um i know for me like i I would get caught in that that state of going, oh no, they're actually a really good person and they're this and they're that. And there was no ownership. So on my behalf, why is it that I thought that they were a good person is because I didn't see myself as a good person. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, I was thinking that because they're a better person or they're a good person, that's making me feel not, not enough. So when I had to look into that, I had to look and go, actually, I am enough. Um, they're a good person. I'm a good person. And if that's the case, there'll be mutual respect. Yeah. But when I wasn't taking ownership, I always felt like the victim in the relationship because they might be more popular or they might be more this, that, the other, whatever it is, uh, which was a, a toxic bond that was created for me at child in childhood as well. Yeah. So like um, you'll never be anything. You you basically you stay quiet. You you're just a nothing, basically. There's yeah. no prize, there's no prize for uh, first all the time, you'll always be second. Um, all that sort of stuff like yeah. it keeps you invisible and uh, in that you'll be invisible in relationships so yeah and also attracting that in not not being seen not being heard and so that comes back back to the you know the self-love it's like well I don't deserve better yeah yeah martyrism <laughs> 
it's like you have to go into that place of submission and martyrism for you to keep that uh, toxic relationship alive. And as soon as you stand up and go, no, I'm not prepared to martyr myself and I'm not prepared to be submissive to basically the bullshit, then what's going to happen is uh, there's going to be a, a separation occur. You know, there's, that's the intersection where you've got to go, well, this or that, you know, which one is it going to be? Yeah. So, um, oh, I know for me just on that, it gets to that point where I, you just I can't tolerate anymore and it's like I have to leave. Like I just... I can't do it. I'm done. You know, get to that that end point or that end place where you just like, I do not have any more energy to give into this. So in saying that, some people, this is actually a really good point because some people, what they will do is rather than actually confront it and deal with the pattern, what they will do is they will avoid the, that confrontation and they will move on, but then they'll attract it because they haven't learned the lesson. So this is something that's really powerful when we go through this particular area is that make sure that when it comes to you realizing a toxic bond, now, if you're dealing with a narcissist or sociopath, obviously it's going to be a little bit different to be able to handle that because you'll never ever get a, um, a mutual um, grounding. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they won't come to that confrontation. You'll always be the problem. So that's one thing you need to be aware of. So sometimes it's not necessarily that you're avoiding the situation, Basically, it's about moving forward. So for yourself and really working on that self-love. So, however, if you do continually avoid, if it's not that particular dynamic, if it's just homegrown dysfunctionality that both people just don't see themselves good enough or worthy, and you speak about it or or you choose not to speak about it, then there's obviously there's an avoidance coming up if you don't speak about it. So I encourage you to step in, lean into that uh, process of confronting it. Uh, like I said, the only thing that will stop that is if that person is a narcissist, sociopath. Yeah, uh, and, but I think that's the thing also, when you get caught in these toxic bonds or it, you don't have the confidence to speak up mm. and it's like walking on the eggshells, you're like, oh, if I say something, he, she's going to explode it's better me not saying anything. So you're suppressing your own emotions. And again, that's that roller coaster you know, that up, down, that up, down, that up, down. And that's why you're attracting the up, down. Yeah. So that's a great point. So that when you're being pushed into submission, then I highly uh, recommend that you really reach out for some support. I know that you'll feel like you can't, but I highly recommend that you you do do that because the submission is only going to make things worse. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. On that, I think only because I've been in situations where, that's been the case and I've shut everyone out because I didn't want to first admit that there was something wrong. So hiding the fact, avoiding. Um, And so what's easy to do is to shut everyone out. So you're just in your own head, you're in your own bubble. You know, you don't want people saying, you already know what people are saying, Mm. but it's, you know, they, they can see it but you don't want it. You're not ready to see it for yourself. So I think that's a hard one to, yeah, we can say reach out and you know, that's when you need support. But in that moment, I just know it's a hard one. It's like, it is really hard to get to that point where you feel confident enough to engage other people. 
Yeah, I get what you're saying. So it's around a trust issues broken with other people as well as, because a lot of that's actually got to do with um, shame. So shame actually paralyzes people and that's hence why they won't reach out because it's seen as weakness or all that sort of stuff. So um, that's a, a lot of the reason why a lot of people won't reach out is because of that particular thing is the shame. They can't deal with the shame, it paralyzes them. So if you, we could encourage people just to go to that place. So if it's shame that stops you from being able to admit, like you said, acknowledge that this is not working for you, then I just want to put that out to inspire you to, to go to that place of um, your shame is not worth the submission of your future. Yeah, your mental uh, fogginess, your mental, uh, just that, that heaviness of the brain like it just it occupies so much of your mental capacity mm. and i think that's the point that i was getting to before it was like i had to get out because i know in myself the mental fog that was that was on top of me or around me i could not think of anything else apart from that relationship and so i got to the point where i was like I, I literally, I felt so stuck that I had to go. Like it, there was no other. So was, what got you to go? I just got to that point where I was like, I literally cannot do this anymore. Hmm. So, at, and look, I've got and some strength power. <laughs> yeah, tolerance. That's one of the big things though, isn't it? Yeah. Um. No, reaching out for support. No, because I was very proud of who I was. And I didn't want anyone to think that I wasn't perfect. So that in a in a in a snapshot, that's probably the reality. Is that if I told people, well, then people would get this perception that I'm not perfect. So that's the like I'm saying. The thing, the reason why people stay in that particular relationship is because of their own ego. Um, <laughs> it's that conditioning that they have to be this perfection, and to show imperfection is that shame. Like it's it it will paralyze you. But that's why I'm saying if you can be inspired to go, you know what, I've, there's, I've always been told this ever since I was a kid too, there's no perfect person. So um, the thing that I, and I take that on board with everything that I do today is like, there is no one, but the thing that is most powerful is about learning to embrace your imperfections. So, and that is coming through those lessons of what, what these scenarios teach us, you know, like I know it's, it feels like you can't get out Um However, like you said, it's more about dealing with that imperfection. Yeah, and and 100%. Like if that's anything out of today, it's like I was there. Mm. I, I, I was that proud that I could not tell anyone that I had to do it all on my own. Um, but now I stand here and I can tell people because why? I've, I've learned that lesson. I can understand it now. But at the time... You know, I, it just had to ride out its time until I actually figured it out or understood it from a point where I was like, all right, I'm out, completely done. Yeah, <laughs> and then it comes to that other place too, that there's a guilt and shame that follows of making that decision to leave. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that can follow as well. Yeah, or the other person um, projecting that on to you as well. So like, oh, you're leaving us, you're doing this, you're doing that. You know, if you did this better, you know, all this, you, 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 and no one's taking responsibility. Yeah. Hey, yeah, if I did this better, we wouldn't be in this situation, you know? So there's always that <laughs> swapping that 
well, are blaming someone else rather than taking responsibility. And when you learn to take responsibility, that's, you know, that in itself is the lesson as well. Taking yeah. responsibility, you know, like I, I recognize perfection being, being perfect. It's not be all end all. No, because my mind was mental chaos. Mm. Absolutely. And that, that's actually, I think that's actually a really good one that you point out is actually around the confusion. So uh, a lot of people, when they're in these toxic relationships, they don't realize that when you're put into that confusion state, that that's actually has a massive impact on you trying to seek support or trying to get clarity, trying to get understanding um, because it'll bring up all your values. It will bring up all the things, all your justifications, all the things that you know, all the things that you may have fought for. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh my God, like, so this confusion that goes on in your mind, you can literally lose who you are. And uh, I've, you know, I've done this a couple of times <laughs> and it does come at a, a huge cost, you know, like it cost my, it cost me business. It also cost me a lot of relationships. Be, like you were saying before that the trust issue, mm. you know, there was massive trust issues. So, but learning to take responsibility of those was because you use all of a sudden don't trust yourself. So beforehand I could trust myself hundred percent. And as soon as I got involved in those Amargo matches, it was completely different. It was like all of a sudden I couldn't. And that was childhood trauma. So they're the things that you have to go back to and really understand that what you're experiencing is something for you to really grow through and uh, shift and change that. Yeah, it, it's, it comes down to choice. You know, yeah. we can make a choice to be like, all right, I can see these patterns happening. What can I do to, to shift out of that or to make it better for myself? Yes. Now, there's, yeah. <laughs> who do you think uh, experiences these toxic bonds? Well, anyone is codependency, yep. meaning you rely on each other for validation, for fun, for entertainment, for so when we're not secure in ourselves, we're going to rely on someone else to get that fun. It's like the same in a friendship, you know, like we, if there's uh, we're feeling sad, but we know there's one friend that will always make it fun. We're going to source out that because that's what we want. We want to have that fun so we can ignore the pain. We can ignore the hurt. And I guess when you're in a relationship, the same thing, you're having an argument or you're having, you got this toxicity. What do you want to do? You want to make it better. Let's go and have some fun. Mm -hmm. But it's not getting to that problem. It's not getting to the root of the problem because you're skipping or avoiding the truth we're not having a connected conversation around it. We're actually deflecting. So we're making it go on longer and longer. It's going to keep repeating because mm. at the time it's fun. And what do we want? We just want to make it better. Yeah. It's one of those avoidance strategies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The other, the other thing I see, so like you were saying relationships, the other one I see a lot of it, like you were saying before, could be in your job uh, or business. I see a lot of it happening in business. I've, I've supported a lot of people in business over the time that, uh, realized oh, I got caught with this too, a toxic bond um, in business. So it was, it was huge for me. Like it was, it was a complex, a mother complex that I had of trying to save the mother. Um, so that um, I ended up going into business, uh, buying a business from someone, um, which was an Imago match. And I thought that, you know, I could make her feel empowered, you know, all that sort of stuff, um, even though she'd been successful in business. So there was this, um, thing that I was play, playing out as well. So in that particular area, what I see is a lot of, I've seen this also play out in um, businesses 
with different, you know, directors in business or uh, they, they, there's some kind of power and control toxic bond that plays out. Uh, so also, it, just on business and what I've come across is people, uh, you know, people always want to be like known or recognized or, you know, you're doing really well. They want that recognition. Mm -hmm. So they're more inclined to take on more roles, to do double roles rather than just do their own role. And, you know, that that's their that's their work. No, they'll take on more and more and more and they're getting burnt out. CEO boss thinks it's amazing because the work's getting done. Yeah. They're chasing that acknowledgement. They're chasing that recognition from it. And that's what I've seen come across in business. It's like people will just keep taking, as long as you keep giving, they'll keep taking, Take keep it. taking, keep taking until you burn out or you get to that point where you're just like, I, I'm literally done. I cannot do anymore. Yeah. And so that's the point that you've got to, that's your boundaries. So if you've actually allowed this to occur, you have actually got issues with boundaries. So it's learning to put in your boundaries uh, to be able to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Uh, that's a huge thing. Uh, the other people that I see uh, experience this is like you said before, are people that come from an empath um, kind of personality type. And yeah. to me, uh, there's a lot of people who claim themselves to be empaths. Um, however, that can also be a covert narcissistic way for them to get power control. So just be aware of that as well. That's a, that's, that's a really huge one. Or money. Uh, yeah, or for money as well. Yeah, power and control, but money. There's, you know, money speaks a a, a big volume. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, where do you think toxic bonds end? When we realise, <laughs> like the patterns. That's the end of the story. Is when when we've learned that lesson, it's going to keep showing up, and a, a lot of people like we said, we'll go through life and not even understand that any of this is going on. Yeah. And they'll be with a partner forever because both of them are not willing to grow or they're not put in a position to grow. So they'll just accept that because that's all they know. It's mm -hmm. that normalization. Yeah. That's awesome. So there's seven, um, seven things that you've got mm -hmm. to share. So crumbs of love and affection exploit the vulnerable ones need for attention mm -hmm. secretly craving the drama feeling like you can't leave them walking on eggshells feel like partner is the only one who can fulfill your needs or their needs and brushing off the bad behavior beautiful that's awesome uh if there is any way that Amanda or myself could uh, support you, by all means, please reach out or obviously seek other professional advice if you require it. Uh, but as long as you do something to create the change that, you know, creates your ultimate life or, or for you to be able to live wholeheartedly, there's nothing mm -hmm. worse than living a life in submission when you have to give yourself permission to be able to uh, live how you want to live. Uh, and that to me is the place of truth, which comes from your heart. So don't use the toxic bond as an excuse to stay in the relationship when you have awareness around it, uh, as you may have today, then by all means, I highly recommend you do something about it. Yeah. yeah. When there's so much mental fog, just try and uh, deep, like deep puzzle that or go backwards and see why that's actually happening because mental fog should not take over your life. Beautiful. There's a reason. <laughs> Beautiful. So our 
last little thing for little things round up today. What's your words of wisdom? Right. Intense love and passion is not necessarily the way a relationship should be if on the flip side, abuse, neglect, abandonment, you know, it doesn't make it right. A relationship that is good, wholehearted, coming from a deep connection is a place where not these massive ups and downs, ups and downs. And if that's coming out in life, there's got to be some question around that. Mm. Yeah, respect, honour. And uh, I think the other one too is to own your sovereignty. Acknowledging, acknowledging, receiving. Yeah, beautiful. Awesome. Well, be brave and be the change. Enjoy the roller coaster of life as as a general term, but understand where we can make changes. Beautiful. Take care. We'll see you ne- next week. Bye. <laughs> the information contained in this presentation is of a general nature and based on presenters' personal experiences. It does not constitute specific advice. Always seek individual expert opinion to help with your specific needs and situation.